Welcome to the podcast of Ben Kruska, where every Wednesday there's a fresh word of faith and victory for your life. Now, here's Ben Kruska. Out of this message today, I don't want to highlight the devil. I want to highlight the power you have over the devil in the name of Jesus. Amen. So they returned with joy and they said, wow, Lord, even the demons are subject to, to us in your name. Verse 18. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, in other words, big deal. This, the, the, he's already a defeated foe. And he said, behold, I give you the authority. Everybody say authority. authority. To trample on serpents and scorpions and over how much? All the power of the enemy. And how much? Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Say it again. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. Verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. So in other words, big deal that the devil gets cast out. That's part of your kingdom. That's just... That's just one of the bonus packages of being a part of the kingdom of God. No big deal. No big deal. What you should rejoice about is that you're part of the kingdom of God. That your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That you have eternal life. That God is your father. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. All the other is just extra. Extra. Amen. So... Authority, Jesus said, I've given you authority over all the power of the devil. Authority means delegated power. Delegated power. Gedelegeerde kracht. It's like um, an ambassador, for instance. I'm a U.S. citizen. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm born in Canada. I have a Canadian passport. And Canada, I don't know, I, I saw that they were winning... Uh, in the World Cup today, so I'm cheering for Canada. <laughs> Got a Holy Ghost runner here today. <laughs> it's okay. Jesus said, "Let the children come to me." So it's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I have a Canadian passport, but then I'm, of course, I'm Dutch because my parents are Dutch. But then I got a, I got naturalized U.S. citizen as well. So. Um, Let's say here in America, or here, here in America, here, I'm really confused where I'm at. Who am I? What's my name? Here in the Netherlands, you have, you have a consulate in Amsterdam, the U.S. consulate. And there, you don't have an ambassador there, but let's say an ambassador came. And he is here on behalf of the United States of America, and he can act on behalf of the government of the United States. When you're on... Uh, the consulate grounds, that's basically a little piece of the United States right here in Amsterdam. Um, so that, that ambassador, he might not be Arnold Schwarzenegger, he might not be the strongest guy. He might not have a lot of power physically. But what does he, do what does he have? He has authority. He has delegated power. He has the backing of the strongest military force in the world behind him. That if anybody, anybody messes with him or messes with that consulate, they mess with the country that is backing that consulate up. So that's what you and I are. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. We are really aliens like E.T., you know. We're from another planet. We are here as ambassadors of another kingdom. Jesus came and left heaven 
to come here to earth to bring us up to his level, basically. So that now we are, we're going to get into that, but we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are born from above. We have God's DNA on the inside of us, and we are acting as ambassadors of heaven right here in the kingdom of this world. Our kingdom is backed by all of heaven's power, all of God's power. So you might not be the strongest person physically, in the natural, you against the devil, you don't stand a chance. But Jesus has given you authority, meaning he's, he's backing you up with all the armies of heaven. He said, I give you authority. I give you exousia. I give you power over all the power of the devil. The devil might be strong or whatever. Really, when the, when the last day comes and everybody sees him, everybody's going to say, was this the one who tormented the nations? Was that him? Have we daar so druk over gemaakt? Jesus stripped him. Let's look at that. Colossians chapter 2. Tonight, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to put something on the inside of us, like a like a fight, you know, like a like a boldness, like the lion of the tribe of Judah resides on the inside of me. Nothing shall hurt me. As Christians, we're many times good at being a lamb, but Jesus is the lion and the lamb. He died as a lamb, but he rose as a lion. Colossians 2 verse 15, the Bible says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Jesus disarmed principalities and powers. There's this uh, meme where Jesus is like arm wrestling the devil, you know, and they're both like, what a fake picture is that? What nonsense is that? If there was ever any arm wrestling, Jesus grabbed the arm of the devil, pulled it out of the socket, and slapped him around with it. <laughs> the world has this picture, religion paints this picture, where, where Jesus and the devil, God and the devil, are two equal forces, and they're like trying to see who's going to win. They're not even in the same category. God is creator. The devil is creation. That's why he doesn't have any new sleeves. He's a creation. He's not a creator. The devil's not a creator. He doesn't create anything new. The same trick he played on Adam and Eve, he's still playing today on you and me. But you know what? Even in the Garden of Eden, God had given Adam and Eve authority, dominion. God's intent for man was to rule on this earth, not to be ruled. Look at, look at Genesis 1. So he disarmed principalities and powers, triumphed over them in it. He led a procession of captives behind him. He came out of, you know, he, he, he looked defeated on the cross. That's why religion loves to keep Jesus all pale and defeated looking on the cross. But that was part of the story. That's not the final thing. 
He went on the cross, yes. But he went on there as my substitute, as your substitute. The punishment of our peace came upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. But he didn't stay on that cross. He was buried in the grave, was in the grave three days. But what happened in that grave? What happened in there? And right before he rose, what did he do? He said in Revelation chapter 2, he said, I'm the one who was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. And I hold the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Oh, hallelujah. I'm the first and the last. Hallelujah. hallelujah. He stripped the enemy of his power. He let captivity captive. That's why the graves opened up when Jesus rose. It wasn't just him was a bunch of the Old, Old Testament saints also rose up. It was like the walking dead in Jerusalem. <laughs> so he stripped him of his power. No weapon formed against you because the enemy doesn't have any more weapons. He disarmed him. That's why the Bible says he goes around, the enemy goes around like a roaring lion, but he got no teeth. He can, somebody said he's a mouse with a megaphone. Sounds like a lion, but it's not. Defeated. Disarmed. Under the feet of Jesus. And where are you and I? Where his body, his, even the lowest part of the body is still his feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, but that's all true. But still a big part of the church is not walking in it. Because my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If you don't know what you got, the enemy will, make it, will abuse that. The enemy will abuse your ignorance. That's why we're teaching on this thing, so that you, you're not ignorant, but that, you, that you're full of wisdom and knowledge and power and authority, that you know what's backing you, that you know that at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee must bow, every tongue must confess that He is Lord. Hallelujah. Even from the littlest saint. If you've been born again one day, doesn't matter. you got the power of Jesus backing you up. Amen? Genesis 1, did you find it? When Jesus, when, when God created the world, all the way in the beginning, God made everything and he saw it was good and it was good and it was good. And then he comes to man. Man was the crowning creation of God. Many people are trying to save the spotted owl and save the penguins and whatever else they're trying to save. We're in the business of saving souls. Right? And it's good to take good care and be good stewards of this world. But I got news. This world's not running out until we're out of here. Because God didn't create man for this world. God created the world for man. You got to understand our place. In Genesis 1 verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping things that every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. How did the devil come to, to Adam and Eve in the garden? Like a creeper, right? Like a snake, right? A creeping things. What, 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 what did God tell them you have dominion over? 
over every creeping thing. So what, does, what did Adam and Eve were supposed to do when the devil came? Oh, did God really say? They should have been shut up, you lying snake. They should have taken dominion and authority over it. And of course, it's easy for me to say I wasn't there. We probably would have made, all made the same mistake. <laughs> but thank God for Jesus. He came to restore all that, right? But, but now that things have been restored, let's not make the same mistake that Adam and Eve. We have dominion. Everybody say, I have, I have dominion. dominion. I have, I have authority. In the name of Jesus. That's why when people pray, you can tell if they understand this thing. Because when they pray, it's like, Daddy God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but they'll, they'll pray and then they'll end the prayer with like, um, in Jesus' sake, for Jesus' sake. Or like some other way. But when you understand the power of the name of Jesus, you start praying differently. Then it's no longer... If it be thy will, and for Jesus' sake, then it's Father in the name of Jesus. Because you understand that at that name, everything listens. It's the name above every name. Highest of the highest. Greatest of the greatest. Strongest of the strongest. Jesus. Just say that name. Just irritate the devil. Jesus. <laughs> Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, <laughs> no other genders. <laughs> Male and female, he created them. That clarified some things for some people. I'm just going to keep doing that. I know I've done that a few times now, but it's necessary in these days. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion. He said it again. First thing, first thing Adam hears when he gets created, have dominion, rule over the earth, subdue the thing, fill the earth with the garden of Eden. He was made to be a leader. He was made to be a ruler. The heavens are the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. In many ways, Christianity has been relegated to this weak man's thing. That we're here begging God, please do something. But Jesus didn't make us, we didn't get born again as beggars. We get born again as kings and priests unto our God. Royal. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen generation set apart to show the mighty deeds of God. Hallelujah. You're not weak. The Bible says even when you're weak, you say I'm strong. Why? Because weak parts of the body, through our weakness, his strength is made manifest. What we got to come to the realization of is Christ in you. That changes everything. When we understand Christ in you, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in you, you in him. Yeah, but you don't understand. I'm just, you know, I'm weak and I don't know anything and I'm just, 
shy or I'm this or I'm that. No, Christ in you. Good that you're weak because then he can be strong. Stop looking at yourself. Look at the greater one on the inside of you. Everybody say it one more time. Have dominion. And there's this story of, I heard uh, Kenneth Hagin say about uh, Smith Wigglesworth, that Wigglesworth was standing by a bus stop uh, waiting for uh, the bus to arrive. And he saw a lady, she came from her house and came to the bus stop as well and waiting on the bus, but her dog followed her. And she stood at that bus stop. She's like, oh, little doggy, go back. And the dog wouldn't listen. And Go back, little dog. Dog wouldn't listen. Please go home now. Bye-bye. Go, 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 shoo-shoo. <laughs> the dog wouldn't listen but then the bus arrived and she had to get on the bus she's like I gotta get on the bus so get and then the dog what did the dog do <laughs> with his tail between his legs ran back home and Wigglesworth saw the thing and he said he said out loud he's like I didn't realize I said it out loud but he's like that's how you have to treat the devil <laughs> some people are like please devil go away Please, sickness, go away. Lord, please, if you can do something. No. Get away from me, devil. In the name of Jesus. A great picture of authority is a police officer. Right? A police officer, you can, you know, if, if the police officer is just wearing his civilian outfit, you know, he could stand on the A-10 here and tell a truck to stop. The truck just keeps going. And we could scrape him off the highway. <laughs> but if that same guy puts on a uniform, reflecting the authority invested in him by the kingdom of the Netherlands, then he can stand on that same highway. He doesn't have any strength to stop that truck. But he just goes like this with the gun on his hip and the, and the truck driver will see and he will come to a screeching halt. What is that? Is that, is that guy so strong? No, there's authority. He's clothed in authority. See, many people, many believers, they don't, they, don't, they don't understand what they're wearing. They're not clothed in that uniform of authority. They're looking at their own flesh garments. And they're like, oh, I'm just a frail, weak human person or whatever. But no, 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 I'm clothed in dignity. I'm clothed, clothed in honor. I'm clothed in the garments of the Holy Ghost. I got the power of God backing me up. That's how you got to wake up in the morning, knowing that you are clothed with power. Jesus said, you shall be endued. You should be clothed with power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Authority is upon you. And when the devil sees it, he's like, when you know that you know, then he knows that you know. Does that make sense? But when you don't know, he knows you don't know. <laughs> There's this story. That a man, I've shared it maybe last year or something like that. But uh, a man, he uh, receives Jesus in his life and he's like, Lord Jesus, I give you a room in my house. From now on, I want you to live in my house. I want you to have a room in my house. So Jesus says, fine, you know, he's a gentleman. So he's like, Lord, I'll give you the best room in my house. Here's the best room. It's the master bedroom. It's upstairs. It's beautiful. So the next, the next night, as he's sleeping in his house, he hears an angry knock on the door. And he hears a, a voice screaming, open up. So he, he, <laughs> he's terrified. And he comes down the stairs. 
and he opens up and it's the devil and the devil runs inside and, and destroys the whole house. Next morning at breakfast, Jesus comes walking down the stairs, all happy, you know, and he's sitting there eating his cereal. He's like, Lord, the devil came and destroyed the house. Why didn't you do anything? And the Lord said, well, you didn't give me any authority over the whole house. You only gave me that room. So he didn't come knocking on that door. So, you know, I, I couldn't do anything. It's your house. He's like, oh, I've, been, I've, been, I've not been smart. Lord, from now on, I'll give you the whole top floor. I'll give you the whole top floor, Lord. So he's like, okay. Next night, he goes to bed. He's sleeping in the couch downstairs. And again, in the middle of the night. <laughs> angry knocking on the door. You know, Scary voice. Opens the door. And yet again, the whole house gets destroyed by the devil. Next morning at breakfast again, Lord, he's like, Lord, what? I've given you the half, the best part of my house. You slept in the best bed. And then, then how come you're not protecting me? What's going on? And the Lord's like, why don't you just surrender the whole house to me and I'll give you one of the rooms. And he's like, okay, Lord. So he surrenders the whole house to Jesus and gives Jesus. Jesus gives him one of the rooms to live in. Next, that same night, again, angry knock on the door. Now, the guy wakes up in his bed in the room that Jesus gave him. He sits up. He's like, oh, no, here we go again. But then he hears footsteps coming down the stairs. And he hears the doors opening up. And he hears that same ugly voice of the devil going, oh, sorry, master, wrong door. <laughs> what he didn't realize, now Jesus owned the house. So now Jesus protected the house. And the devil knew, don't mess with this house because Jesus occupies this house. <laughs> That's a picture of your life and my life. As long as we let Jesus just play a role in our life, we're going to have to fend for ourselves. But when we surrender our whole life to him, the Bible says submit to God and then resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. But many people don't submit to God. They like want to be Lord of their own life and then expect Jesus to fix all the problems. That's not how it works. You surrender everything. You put your life in the offering bucket. You put your life on the altar where you say, Lord, I'm yours. All of me is yours. My hands, my feet, my time, my talents, my treasure, everything I am, everything I have, it all belongs to you. I surrender everything, not just in theory, but in real life. Everything is yours. And the life that I now live, I live for the one who died and rose for me. And then Jesus starts living through you. Things change. Things change. Then when the devil comes knocking, it's Jesus opening the door. And the devil goes, sorry, wrong door. Wrong door. Thanks for listening to today's message. To be notified of new episodes, just hit the subscribe button. And to connect with Ben on social media, you can find him at Ben Kruska on Instagram and Facebook.